I wish I could tell you I was exaggerating, but I 100 percent do have a little bit of a, a little bit of a man crush on Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I do too. I and it, it's it's been a long time going since '98 on that TV show on ABC called uh, Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place." Started oh early. I was God, not. I he was a Canadian actor. Yeah, before that, but that was where I first saw him, and it's I've been a, a fan since then. And I also think he has a great first name. Really. Well, well, yeah, yeah. The first name's pretty great. It's for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, it would be so two guys, a girl. I totally forgot about that show. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm trying to think when did it, where did I, not that I met Ryan Reynolds, but where did I first meet Ryan Reynolds? And I have, was it Van no... Wilder? Was it, um, I'm trying to oh. think of his career arc. I think it was, I think it was Van, it might've been Van Wilder. Yeah. 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 And the biggest regret I have, if you're a fan of the internet movie database, the best website in the world, I'm a movie buff. I'm not a sports buff. I'm a movie buff. There was a rumor for a long time that he they would re um, remake Fletch that originally started Chevy Chase in the 80s and that Ryan Reynolds would be Fletch. And I thought that would have been the most perfect casting ever. It didn't oh happen. Don Ham got the role and it's it's out now. It's a different. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did. I didn't. What I did see recently is Deadpool three bringing back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Yes. And that's my other dude crush. Like. Both of those guys are just the best. Well, I think Ryan Reuters, Ryan Ryan Reynolds is a great recruiter. Look, he just gave Hugh Jackman a job, right? Because I mean, <laughs> that's what Hugh Jackman needs. <laughs> that's what he needs. Yeah. I mean, what has he been doing this whole time? Not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, that's for sure. Yeah, he's just sitting around yeah. enjoying his money. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, those guys. I do have a whole thing of Aviator Gin sitting in the cabinet in there. I have not opened yet. Uh, yeah. Because I'm not a big gin drinker, but I was like, I like Ryan Reynolds. Maybe I'll like his gin. Maybe I'll like I his gin and his cell phone service and his football team, his football club in the UK and, and his his new creative ladders organization. Yes. Oh, my God. The dude's on fire. Well, look, yeah. we'll get started here, but we're going to circle back to Ryan Reynolds for anybody who doesn't know why we're talking about. It. I think we come back and talk to him about it. You, you ready to get this thing started? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. I get to hit the button. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. Welcome back to the show, return watchers and listeners, and hello to our first-time folks. I'm Chris Waite. I am the president of Career Crossroads. I am the host of our recruiting community podcast. Uh, we're here on the show. We actually invite leaders, uh, practitioners, personalities uh, from talent acquisition space to actually talk about what's hot in their worlds right now. Uh, and we do that in just about 20 minutes uh, over a cup of coffee, tea, sometimes a bottle of wine. We might have to do it with uh, the Aviator Gin uh, coming up soon. Uh, but the idea there is that uh, no such luck on wine or gin today, but that is okay because we do have a great topic around transparency, pay transparency, that should keep your attention. So if you are dialed in live with us today, uh, please feel free to take advantage of the chat stream. You can ask questions. You can include your own comments as we go along. I will do my best uh, to call those out and highlight uh, your thoughts and your contributions. So for those of you who may not know, CXR is a community of just over 5,000 recruiting professionals from around the world. Uh, who work at organizations that hire an average of between 2,000 and 200,000 people a year each. Now, at Crossroads, we connect those members every single week in our forums, uh, local dinners. We do online workshops, virtual roundtables, live meetings, leadership summits, etc. cetera. Uh, so for today's conversation within that community, I am excited to welcome a first-timer to the show, 
Uh, Ryan Batty, who is the VP of marketing over at Indeed. Ryan, I'm going to hit some buttons here. I'm going to pull you in. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's really, really good to be here. Hey, everyone. <laughs> so, Ryan, for those who don't know you, why don't you give us sort of a quick uh, escalator pitch on, on who is Ryan and, and why should we give a damn what Ryan has to say today? That's a great question. I often ask that myself. Uh, so, uh, hi, everyone. I'm Ryan Batty. Hopefully, I've met at least some of you uh, who are here today or who are watching the, the recording. Um, I've been in this space for about 10 years. Uh, I joined Indeed about one year ago, and I oversee marketing at Indeed for uh, the work we do with larger companies with more complex hiring needs. So everyone who's here today, you're that size company that we're working with and that my team thinks about every day. So it's uh, we call it enterprise marketing, but really it's about larger companies with more complex hiring needs. You have an ATS, you have a recruiting team, things like that. And we oversee a lot of the things that uh, you might see, uh, emails, websites, the FutureWorks event coming up, um, and our engagements in multiple markets, working with other teams. Uh, so it's a, it's a real thrill for me to be in this space. Um, I get to help people find jobs and I've been doing it for about 10 years and I can't think of a better way to spend my time. Well, and Ron, I think we met when you were, uh, when you were still at LinkedIn, uh, years back, right? When the, the, maybe during the, the whole LinkedIn events and, you know, some of those, uh, talent connects. Absolutely. With uh, multiple talent connects uh, and also different industry events and just talking with your team at Career Crossroads. Love what you do and always have. And, and that's not a plug. I think people here know that already. But um, it's I think you are focused on doing what's right in this industry and loved having you as part of those events there and seeing you there along with folks like Stacy and Google Dave and uh, Ed oh and God. Lars and everyone else at the time. So. It is so. It is so. I know this is not what we're supposed to be talking about, but it is nice to see some of the events sort of making a comeback. I know mm -hmm. we'll talk a little bit about Indeed Future Works, but at the end here, um, but like you know, HR Tech just finished up and reported to have roughly eight thousand people at it. Uh, quite a bit different than last year. So we are returning to. Uh, that hugging space that, you know, the, 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 you know, getting into real live meetings again. And I think people are just excited. I hope so. I, as an extrovert, an Enneagram type seven and all those things, um, it's, I get my energy out of being with people. I wish this was in person right now. I wish we were all together in a group and I think, and having a conversation like this in person, cause that's where I thrive, but I know other people thrive in different ways. And so what I think we're moving to is a world where um, Sherm and HR tech, uh, uh, HR exec and others have to think about how you provide the type of experience your audience wants, whether it's in person or virtual. Yeah. But uh, it is encouraging to see more people coming back. You know, I was at a, uh, a very small, intimate leadership meeting with about 30 TA leaders uh, a week ago. And it was interesting to hear at that level for very senior folks, they're mm -hmm. finding a lot of value either in going to very small, intimate workshops where they can collaborate in a sense of community, yep. uh, or if they're perhaps sending their teams more to something like like Sherm. And then the HR tech draws a really interesting audience of senior people too. But the needs change and what people want to yeah. get out of it. And I'm and what I'm also hearing is that they're being much more judicious around where they spend their time instead of doing maybe eight events three years ago, they might do three or four. This year. Yeah, I, well, I'd agree with you, Ryan. And I think we are going to get on topic for anybody who's dialed in, I promise. But, you know, it's funny because with LinkedIn Talent Connect coming up, I'm, I'll be there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Southern California. I'm going to be there. And I sent a note. We got about 130 heads of talent uh, in our membership. And I sent a note and said, I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. Let's grab a drink. Let me buy you a nice thing of wine. It'd be good to see your face. Uh, and I think uh, maybe two came back and said they'd be there. Another four came back and said, I'm not going, but someone else is going. And then almost everyone else who responded, Ryan said, our budget got killed. Mm-hmm. No travel. Like the yep. travel budget got killed. Not all the other budget necessarily, or at least yet, but the, the travel budget got killed. And it is an interesting sort of balance because now we've got people dying to get back and the budgets are getting locked up for fear of, you know, maybe what's around the corner. That's right. No, I, I, I've heard that myself. And I think that plus the fear of a, of a spike in COVID in the fall uh, yeah. and all the uncertainty in the economy. Um, I've never seen so much change happen so fast, so big as it's happening oh, now. Yeah. And I think, I think companies are, are right to be cautious around their spend. But, you know, as a marketer, and uh, I understand TA and marketing, recruiting, marketing, HR and marketing often share that, um, that uh, I guess, common challenge that it's our budgets and our travel yeah. budgets that often are, are looked at first in these situations. Yeah. Uh, but I think ultimately, if companies like Indeed, LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Zip and others are providing something of value, not just a fun time that hopefully people will see that there's some ROI in spending it's time. We're not just signing up for a boondoggle. Is that what exactly? Exactly. There's a, there might be some boondoggling in there, but it's not a boondoggle. There could be. Okay. So look, Ryan, let's jump in. The topic we told everybody we were going to talk about and we eventually get through uh, is pay transparency. Right. And indeed took a stance, which, which I am impressed with, but indeed took a stance uh, and before we talk, well, we'll just jump right in. The throw-in salary ranges or pay ranges on job postings. And when we, before we just jump into sort of the nuance piece of that, can you can you give us a little background on like why? What I, I know it's important. We're talking about pay transparency. We've got legislature coming up. We're seeing it in mm-hmm. different states and some cities that are getting passed. But why did indeed sort of draw a line in the sand and say pick a, pick a side? Mm-hmm. I think it's important to like acknowledge the fact that uh, the genie's already out of the bottle here. It, it's not necessarily that Indeed is forcing the issue. I think what we're trying to do is, well, I know what we're trying to do, is make this change uh, as, as easy and po- as possible for job seekers and for employers. What's interesting about this, to me, having been in this space for about 10 years, is that this is actually not new. It feels to me like it's more of a, the pandemic and digital transformation and social injustice and all the things we've been through the past couple of years that brought this like has forced us to, to really confront this for the first time. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk. There's been some some starts and stops around this. But I can say, you know, Glassdoor, Indeed, LinkedIn have all been in this space for a while and trying different methods for it. And none of them have been perfect, for sure. Okay. But I think if you go back five years, six years, you saw this on Glassdoor. You saw this on LinkedIn. You saw elements of this on Indeed. But as a result of the last couple of years and what we see happening in legislation, not just in the U.S., but around the world is this is coming. This is happening. How do we help our job seekers and our customers deal with this in a way that's gonna, like acknowledge that change is hard and this is hard, mm-hmm. but also make sure that we're doing it. We're doing it the right way. That That's one way to, to look at it and one way we look at it. Mm-hmm. Another is, is that indeed, you know, as a marketplace, we we strive to serve well both job seekers and employers and sometimes as we know in this space that sometimes those needs aren't aligned 
I know I was raised not to talk about money. And I know as a hiring manager for years at multiple companies, you just didn't talk about salary. It's just not in our... Well, in some no, places, it was against the rules. Right? It was against it was, the rules. It was fireable yeah. offense. At it's some policy, right? Yeah. And what we're seeing now is whether it's a company that has a, a goal for transparency or a, an ESG or DE&I goal for pay equity, that they're doing this of their own volition, like you see with Starbucks, for example. Or it's because we see these changes coming just in California last week, right? 200,000 yeah. employers in California, 13, 15 million workers in the state, much less people who work for companies in the state. This is massive. And so some employers are telling us, look, we don't want to have a, a piecemeal patchwork of policies state by state. We just need to like GDPR. We just need to address this thing like Microsoft mm -hmm. is doing holistically. We're going to make it a mm -hmm. policy. Indeed made it a policy. We publish our pay rate pay on our on our jobs. So if you go look, we do it ourselves because we believe it's the right thing. We're not forcing our beliefs on our customers. We're looking at what job seekers want. We're looking at where the market's going and where legislation is going and try to facilitate this the best way possible. And this is Ryan talking. One of my favorite quotes, uh, Churchill uh, said, we can, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like, you can take change by the hand or it will take you by the throat. What's challenging, I think, right now is that Every customer I talk to, and again, I, last week I was with 30 or so very senior TA executives from DocuSign, T-Tech, Pepsi, uh, a Virgin brand, um, CarMax, US Foods, and others. And to a T, every single one of them said, this is the right thing to do. We believe in this. Our company believes in this, but it's hard. And, and well, there's, really, other, there's other issues, right? Like I'll do devil's advocate on it because I do sure. believe in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But I also believe that there, there can be a little bit of a challenge for some organizations because we've got this issue of pay equity internally mm -hmm. and we, this, this issue of compression, right, and, and making things right internally. Uh, right. I think Vizier, we had them on the, on the show not too long ago talking about a, a boomerang report where people are leaving, right, and they're coming right. back a series of months later for a 20, 25 percent pay increase mm -hmm. uh, because equity internally has just been so broken for so long at so many organizations. That's right. Our, are you getting pushback, Ryan? Are you guys getting a little pushback from folks who are saying, please don't put these salaries out there because our employees are going to see that we're paying more for new talent than we are for the existing talent. And shame on us, but I understand how it gets there. You know what it is, really? It's the, This is my observation, is that the onus of pay equity is being put on the talent acquisition professional is that it is much more complex to address internally. It's harder. I think there are a lot of great leaders in companies uh, that I've seen and I try to be myself as looking at my pay and comp ranges and going, I got to fix this. But really what's happening is, hey, everyone, we've found a place, and indeed the industry, the world, right. has found a place where we can actually address pay equity and, fair, uh, and, and equal pay for equal work. And it's at the acquisition point. It's recruiting. Mm -hmm. And so it's the recruiters who are now getting stuck with this helping, I don't want to say stuck with it. It's probably a, I, I think it's actually a great opportunity, but oh, it's hard. And they're picking up the burden, not just for the, the people they're trying to bring in, but also saying there's people who are leaving and coming back to play put to, yeah. to play that system because we can't fix it internally. So I just want to yeah. acknowledge that, that that is hard. And so well, customers I talk to do say, yeah, this is difficult. Is there a different way to do it? we right now this we're learning along with the market and we're trying to move as quickly as possible. And we think this is the best way to do it currently, but we are adapting with you for sure. Well, I mean, there are ripples, right? I talked to a, a leader yesterday, literally just yesterday uh, who said that they, they are taking that approach of doing the right thing. 
-hmm. But then the comp leadership came back and said, in order to make this right across the board, so not just for new talent, but for our existing talent, it's going to cost them 17 million. Now, I don't know if that means the CEO is going to take a break uh, from their, you know, their comp or their extra bonuses or how, how organizations are going to handle it, but it's a very real number. And I think that's just one of the ripples, right? Are you you hearing the same thing that it's that, and then it moves into other parts of the organization? I, I do. And I think it's different for every company. $17 million could make or break one company. It could be a rounding error to another. But it would break I my company. I don't yeah, know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> Throwing large numbers around. So easily. Yeah. Um, what I know is that every company is different. Every company has their own unique challenges. Even the ones who are at the forefront of this, it's hard. And this yeah. is what I'm going back to the, the folks I talk to or the what I see broadly in the industry and the media and, and your guests that have been on here before. It's just the right thing to do. And change is hard. And it, it could yeah. cost. It has a cost. But here's what I know universally is that, one, we are competing for great talent. Two, it is harder than ever to find talent. Even right now, it's just under two open jobs for every you know unemployed person in the U.S. The new JOLTS report came out yesterday. It's still competitive, even if it's not quite as competitive. And what we're looking for here is people to apply to our jobs. That's what Indeed is there to do. Yeah. We're, we're, we're here to make sure that if you have a job, we want to get you that right person right away as quickly as possible. And what we know is that on average, we see much more engagement I, I, I be ready. I could just throw stats at you all day long, but I think everyone here has heard them before. But it's true is that job seekers are far more likely to click on jobs that have salary transparency or pay ranges on them. So it's it's truly what job seekers want. And you asked earlier about, like, how do we kind of think about this? We we put the job seeker at the front of our needs. That doesn't mean we we do it at the expense of employers. But if you want job seekers looking at your jobs, that's why you come to Indeed. That's why we put jobs on Indeed. This is what they want. This is the number one thing they ask for when they look at a job and they're assessing whether it's right or wrong. That doesn't mean putting the exact salary on there, but a pay range is going to create much more traffic for jobs and much more, even more applies, which is really what we're trying to get. To. Yeah. And I think I think we had um, there was a stat shared a little bit earlier. I think you guys say that you're seeing roughly a 30 percent increase in activity on the job or a combination of like whatever, whatever is defined as engagement, but 30% more engagement on jobs that have that detail up front, right? Yep. It, well, I will tell you, right. Sorry, real quick. I'll just tell you. So we're doing a little bit of uh, research on our end with our members. So we got about 130 companies and brands in the membership. We went with the fortune 300 where we're just doing a little bit of homework. Uh, and as we're going through, we took some people through our members jobs and preliminary uh, feedback that we're getting uh, where we say, well, what could, you know, Nike or what could GE or Disney or any of these other members, what could they have done differently in the post? And some early comments coming back from the people doing the homework is that, man, I wish they would have just put the job salary or wage up front. Yeah. Right? Don't make me dig for it. When it was there, it wasn't typically up front on the posting. Right. I wish it would have been easier to find. So they're looking for it if it's not there. That's true. And this is what's so hard about it, too, because what's one of the number one frustrations we hear from folks in talent acquisition is 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 ghosting. Right. Or getting getting down the, 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 the recruitment funnel to a point where they drop on you. And usually often it's because the pay wasn't clear. Right. So yeah. there's this like this this tough spot we're in where this is so important for job seekers. Ninety eight percent of them say it's it's helpful in their job search. 
And sure. it's 75% are more likely to apply. On Indeed, 75% are more likely to apply. That's what we want. And they're going to apply because they have some understanding of what the pay range is. And that's going to cut back on ghosting, but also make them more engaged and make you more confident that the person you're talking to actually wants to work there. It's hard. It, it really right. So, so, so 75 is a big number and, and mm -hmm. should, should not be balked at. It's a serious number, right, from an application standpoint, and especially in a time when folks are kind of struggling to get the talent in there. That's right. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate again, Ryan. I'm going to say I am, um, I'm in a very competitive market. My organization is not in favor, whether I am or not as the TA leader, my organization is not in favor of putting jobs, uh, putting the salaries on our jobs. And these, these bands of, of salary are popping up on Indeed. And my candidates are asking me about them and they're not a match to what we actually pay. They're either right. more or they're less. Right. What, what can I do? What do I do? Is there a hotline? Is there, cause the, the bands aren't coming off, right? The, the, the wages are staying on. What, what do I do as a TA leader? Right. And as a, as what's interesting here uh, to establish kind of the foundation of this is that almost two thirds of jobs on Indeed today have pay ranges on them. And about a third of those, 34 um, percent, I just looked at the stat recently, are employer provided. So let's say roughly a third of jobs on Indeed today have employer provided pay ranges or direct pay on the okay. job. So there are a lot of folks doing this. And in fact, uh, probably almost three quarters of those that are posted by employers. So 33, 34% by employers, about two thirds of those are, are coming, um, have pay. I'm trying to remember the, have the actual pay ranges on them. I'll get back on the stat. What I'm trying to say here is that this is actually happening a lot today. I think what's happening is as we move up into larger companies, right? Some of this audience here, it's a little more mm -hmm. challenging because we're in multiple markets. We have unions in some, not in others. We're in many States. And yeah. so, what we do is about another third of those jobs. So if say 60, 65% of jobs on Indeed today have pay ranges, roughly half of those are coming from employers. The other half's coming from Indeed. We publish what we believe is the most reliable salary data, pay data, in a, in a range broad enough to help allow some flexibility for the employer, but also that job seeker to understand realistically what they can make. So we have an estimation engine. We update it weekly. And that's pulling from ATSs. And if there's not a um, if there's not a, a pay range or exact pay posted on that job in your ATS, if we have enough data to provide a reliable estimate to job seekers, we will do that. That doesn't mean it's perfect, right? That means that it's a range. And what we want to do is make it easy as heck for yeah. employers to go in and change it themselves, either in their ATS or come on and post the job on Indeed and, and, and do it directly. And over time, we're listening and we're evolving this is that we want to make it easy for anyone to come in and change it directly on Indeed, whether it's indexed or hosted. Yeah. So the important point here is what can I do is go into your ATS and you can update and provide a range that you want to see on that job. It can be whatever range you want and we will put it there. We're not mandating a specific range. We're just want to make sure our job seekers can get some estimation of what they think they could make which also means far more applies to your jobs. It, it is a little bit, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it is a little bit of a strong arm that says, if you're not putting in the, the, the range, at least, we're going to fill in the blank with our estimate. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if you want that to go away, you want our estimate to go away, whether it's too high, too low, then put your own range in there. And I do think, to your point earlier, like this change is hard. Yeah. I, I admire, I do admire that approach of forcing that hand because it is coming. 
right? I mean, next year we have a leadership meeting out in Chicago. Yay, live meeting. Uh, we have a leadership <laughs> meeting out in Chicago where we've got about 40 of the heads of talent coming in and we're doing a panel on paid transparency. And I got to tell you, some of them, they're a little worried because California, right? It's right around the corner. New York City, mm -hmm. Colorado, like you've got these places that are saying we're tired of, you know, jerking around on this topic. It's, it's time to start talking about pay equity across the board because it has a huge impact throughout the organization. Yeah. Yes, it does. And I think, you know, if it feels like strong arming, that is absolutely not the intent. We do believe that this is the right thing to do from, a, from a, a standpoint of helping you get the right applicants for your jobs. That's truly, truly what we want. And we see it in the numbers. We're also acknowledging the fact that the dominoes are falling faster and faster here. And how yeah. do we help Momentum. make it easier for, for folks to do this in a way where, can you actually get to every job, right? And put all the pay ranges on the job. Well, who who released the stat? So Jerry, um, you know, Jerry Chris, my, my business partner, Jerry, yeah. Jerry mentioned this stat every once in a while, because he just, it, it blows his mind and, and it's really upsetting. But there was an organization that came out and said, we will, we will reach 100% pay equity for women in 71 years. Yeah, yeah. yep. Why, why does it, why would it take 71 years? Is that, that's them just doing it on their own Versus everybody sort of leaning in. And to your point, the momentum of the laws that are changing and, and the stances. That's that's absolutely right. And in fact, 71 years is an improvement over where we were before the pandemic, when honestly, it was something like 120 years yeah. based on how things were being done. If we keep going at the current rate, this is how long we'll take. Women in general make 82 cents on the dollar to men in the U.S. I'm the father of two young daughters. I don't like that. I want it. So I have... Yeah, I have a personal interest in this, but that's not why, you know, there, there's more to it than that. But I believe that we all have an obligation to 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 help equal pay for equal work, right? And and 82 cents on the dollar is not enough for someone who works just as hard, just as smart, smarter in the case of my wife versus me. But yeah. also, honestly, like this is a problem we can solve. I think what's so hard is that here it is, this change is coming and we're seeing it all around us. And I think this group, the talent acquisition teams and HR teams are the ones that are getting faced with having to implement it and deal with the difficult conversations that companies need to have internally around doing what is right, right? We've talked about this for a long time. Now, I'm, I'm talking now kind of more philosophically about the business world here. We've talked about it for a long time. We've observed how yeah. long it will take. We're hoping other people will make things happen. Legislation is driving it, social injustice, and certain companies that believe yeah. this is the right thing to do, like Microsoft, for example, are making this happen. But it it it's hard, and the let's just acknowledge that everyone's putting most of the burden on this group to make yeah. this thing happen. Because well, we the tip of the spear, right? Yeah, yeah they, exactly. they feel they feel that pain out front. Exactly. Yep. All right, Ryan. I want to talk about we're kind of we're kind of at time. I want to I do have something I want you to uh, talk about here at the end because I think people are going to be really interested in it. Okay. Uh, but before we sort of shift topics, and if you've ever watched the show uh, or you listened to the show, you know we ask this of all of our guests: if you were going to write a book, Ryan, on the state of this topic, what would the title? What would the title of your book be? I well, I would I would definitely dedicate it to my daughters. There is something I think about some of the historical nonfiction books that have been written about people who took a took a gamble or took a bet on something or did the unpopular thing that yeah. ended up being right in the end. And this is no, oh, this is not good. And I did not think about this before, but it's OK. That's why we ask. It, it, it is looking back and saying like it. Hey, we, this is so cheesy, but it was on oh, us. 
it was on us. And maybe because oh, I'm I like it actually right now, but and maybe that's more of a subtitle than a title, which is it's like breaking through or something like that. I, I don't want it to sound like a motivational book because this is a hard time. But let's let's admit right now we are climbing a very, very steep mountain and climbing yeah. a mountain is tough. And we're all looking at each other and running out of food. But what we need to focus on is what it's going to look like when we're on the top of that mountain. And for, for better or for worse, this is the group that has the opportunity and some responsibility to help make that happen. And that's tough because some of us didn't sign up for it. But gosh, what an awesome opportunity to do this and, and to oh, change this and awesome. speed up 70 years to seven or seven months or next week. Won't that be grand? Yeah, I fucking love it. I love it, Ryan. I love I love that piece. And I guess so the follow up question, and it's always the same. I think I already know the answer to this. Who gets the first signed copy of your book? Oh, my wife. I've watched her for 20 years uh, do this wow. and, and fight this. And she's always knew the power of negotiation. She's taught me a lot in this area as well. So I'd probably be my wife. And then um, after that, my uncles, my two uncles, Les and Jim, who both had careers in HR. And literally, as I was a kid, I'm not kidding. I said, I should probably have a career in HR. So they were Southland Corporation, US Airways, True Value, senior HR leaders. And I watched how they got to work with people, help people find jobs, help people get paid. And, and they didn't talk you out of it. No, no joke. And, and they had great <laughs> humor. I, I admired that about them too, but they really were helping people. And I believe that as a kid. And it's what's brought back some of this passion for me in the last 10 years since I've been in this space. So I would say my Uncle Les and Uncle Jim would get the next two copies. I love that. That's fantastic. All right, Ryan, you've got uh, you got an event coming up. Oh. I want to talk a little bit about, let me see if I can uh, throw it up on the screen here. There we go. That's uh, it. And this is, this is where if we had the digital rights to the music, I would cue the Whitney Houston and I will always <laughs> love you song. <laughs> Being, being a little bit of a Ryan Reynolds uh, fan, but yeah. talk to us a little bit. What's going on with this FutureWorks 2022? Sure. Well, we're acknowledging the fact that the future of work has changed, let's be honest. And, and issues like this, diversity, equity, inclusion, have, have fundamentally changed the nature of how we employ people, how we hire. And so we're taking a new twist on Indeed's customer conference, and we're calling it FutureWorks. So it is about the future of work and how the world will work, better work for folks. It's also about the future of your work like we are very much focused on the talent acquisition professional and what does it mean to be a ta professional especially for larger companies uh in this day and age so issues like what we're talking about today uh, are going to come up but we're also putting together a pretty cool slate of speakers to talk about this and one of them is yes ryan reynolds who we announced on monday is going to be one of our keynote speakers and not just because he is a smart, funny, witty entertainer and an entrepreneur, but he also has something called careerladders.org, which I encourage you to yep. look out for. He is investing heavily as a co-founder in Career Ladders, which helps people, underserved communities, get access to creative jobs and creative careers and lifting up entrepreneurs uh, in that space, and in particular people of color. So he has a yeah. really interesting view on some of the things we're thinking about today in the TA space and also um, is going to be the second best looking Ryan at FutureWorks. Sorry, I just had to plug that. Oh, yeah. I see what you yeah. did there. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. look, when you think that guy couldn't get any cooler. Uh, I so know. I know. Yes. And we're, we're super excited. We have Issa Rae. We have others, too. It's going to be a great session. So both virtually uh, and next week in New York City, uh, October 12th and 13th. Indeed, oh, FutureWorks.com if you want to find out more. Good stuff, man. I'll be, I will be out or I would be there to be super excited, but yeah, yeah, you'll have to let us know how, have to let us know how that goes across the board. I, I will. Uh, 
All right, Ryan, I'm going to put you in the green room uh, so I can do a little song and dance about what's coming up and what's ahead uh, for the rest of our folks. Hang out. Please don't go anywhere. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate you being on, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Really quickly, I'm going to see if I can uh, do a screen share with you guys. We'll just pop it up. You don't need me on there. I've been on there all day. Uh, here you go. So we've got a fall leadership meeting coming up October 10th uh, for CXR. You can find all of these, by the way, at cxr.works slash events. Uh, that leadership meeting is taking place in Chicago. We're excited about that. Uh, we have a podcast show coming up with some, uh, some really interesting TA leaders who have come out of enterprise-sized organizations to go run TA at some startups. Find out what they said when I asked if they'd ever go back. Uh, in addition to that, we do our monthly lecture series uh, coming up October 18th. We're talking about uh, uh, evolution of recruiting. Sorry, on the podcast there, we've got evolution of recruiting with Mark Gray. Uh, we've got a solution spotlight on October 19th coming up on Paradox. We have a workshop uh, with Kat Kibben. She's been on the show a number of times. Uh, she's done a workshop with us before. You're going to love it. Uh, and then back to the lecture where I jumped the gun a little bit. Apologize. Uh, we've got keys to optimizing your mind. We do those monthly. If you're not already aware, you can find those and the future sessions at cxr.works slash lecture. And then we're into November, but that's Roy. We'll come back to Roy. We can talk about him later. And we'll take that off. <laughs> One man show with all the logistics. I want to thank everybody for being out here, uh, dialing in and listening, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh,